Massachusetts Congressman Jim McGovern, Democrat, uh, 2nd District, joins me. Good morning, Congressman. Uh, nice Good to have morning. you on. Appreciate your time again. Now, uh, I know politics can be a tough business, uh, <coughs> rough and tumble, but you were wearing a bandage the other day. What happened to you? Did you have some skin cancer cells removed? I had a little bit of I had some skin cancer, a very common form of skin cancer. Nothing serious, but uh, but it required some stitches, and, and I, I look like I'm an extra in a Rocky movie, but uh, I'm fine. But early detection is key, so people should get checked on a regular basis. That's how I detected this, and they got it out, and we're fine. Did you get a lot of sun as a, as a young man? Uh, I know sunlight is the best disinfectant, they say, but there is right. a limit. Yeah, I, you know, I, pr I probably did, you know, uh, summers uh, spent at Cape, on Cape Cod beaches, but, uh, but look, um, you know, early detection is important and people should get regular checkups and that's what I did. That's how it was found and, um, and you know, and they, they got rid of it. So wear your sunscreen if you go to the beach. All right, good. Now let's move on to politics. So first, some housekeeping notes in Massachusetts. Governor Baker's calling it quits. Uh, do you believe he's not going to run for president and he just wants to, you know, just, you know, finish up the term or is there something else at play? You must well, talk look, politics. Hey, well, look, I've had a good relationship with Governor Baker, uh, but I don't know how someone like Governor Baker um, could run for president in the current Republican Party. Uh, the current Republican Party has moved so far to the right. The people like uh, Charlie Baker and Bill Weld and former Senator Ed Brooke, there's no place for them. So, um, uh, but I wish Charlie Baker well, and I you know, look forward to a very vigorous uh, gubernatorial race in Massachusetts. All right, maybe there's a Senate run in this future. Something's up. Do you think he's just going to you know, go on to private practice or something? What's he going to do? Well, you know, I, I don't know what his future is, but um, you know, I've had a good working relationship yeah, with him, yeah. and I wish him all the best. Okay, let's go to Rachel Rollins. Very controversial, just approved as the U.S. Attorney for Massachusetts. It's 50-50 split. Didn't get one Republican vote. Usually, that's a courtesy vote for the for the senators in the state. Here's who we here's who we want. The president gets who he wants as a U.S. attorney. Not this time. And boy, I saw some really disturbing video involving her in a confrontation she had with a Fox News crew in Boston. Does she have the temperament for that job? I, I think she does. And and look, um, it's sad that some Republicans um, didn't join with Democrats and. Uh, approving her nomination, but it shows how polarized the Senate is. Well, I didn't expect you to take the bait on that, but let's look at this. You know, she's lessened the prosecution for some crimes. Some people say she's very, very far to the left. And does she have the temperament? I saw her blow up at a reporter just looking to get some comment. I mean, expand <laughs> upon that a little bit. It's a fair question. Yeah, no, I, and, and you asked me, does she have the temperament? And I think she does have the temperament. And if we want to talk about, you know, uh, question people's judicial temperament, you know, there were a lot of uh, judges, including some on the Supreme Court appointed by Donald Trump, um, who I think uh, are not qualified to be there. But I think Rachel Rollins um, uh, is, was a good appointment, and I'm glad that she was approved. All right. Your district is safe. You've been up there a long time. But there's some redistricting. Uh, changes going on just to the south of us. It's all our viewership. You're in, you're in Channel 10 land. You go over northern Rhode Island, boom, I'm in your district. You go all the way up to Worcester and beyond. But on the south coast, you know, they're going to split off Fall River. Congressman Auchincloss gets that. New Bedford, much of it goes to Keating. And they're not happy. At least uh, one, of the, one of the congressmen is not happy over there. What do you make of this redistricting that's going on? Because it's your neighboring district. I know it doesn't affect you directly. No, and I used to represent Fall River um, when I first got elected to Congress. Look, that's, it's, a, it's a decision that the state legislature makes. Uh, I know New Bedford had one opinion, and I know that the, the community in Fall River had a different opinion. Uh, but it's done. Um, and so um, I think uh, both Bill Keating and Jake Ochenklaus will run in the districts that have been drawn, and they will be successful. They're both good members of Congress. Yeah, Ochenklaus is happy. Uh, Bill Keating, not so happy. We'll see where that goes. It appears to be a done deal. Now, uh, this week, 
the Democrats are going to raise the debt ceiling, keep the government open without the Republican help. This is, give us the report from Congress. Explain it to us in easy terms what's going on. Well, the debt ceiling is about paying our bills, uh, bills that have already been accumulated. I mean, uh, when Donald Trump was president, I didn't like uh, the bills that he accumulated with the tax cut that went mostly to rich people and big corporations, but I voted to raise the debt ceiling because uh, we have to pay our bills. Uh, and this is usually is a pretty bipartisan exercise. Unfortunately, this year it isn't. Uh, again, we're talking about paying the bills, 97% of which were accumulated with the previous president, not Joe Biden, but the Republican Republicans have turned this into a political football. We, had, we in the Rules Committee came up with a procedure that will allow the Senate to get by the filibuster to be able to have an up and down vote on it, and they will vote to uh, raise the debt ceiling. If we don't, quite frankly, our economy will come crashing down. I mean, that's how big of a deal this is. Uh, you know, you accumulate bills, whether you like it or not, you got to pay for them. Okay. Mitch McConnell's a pretty good strategist. He's going to, he's happy to let you take the vote, you guys raise it, and then he's going to use it against you next year when it, when it, look, the whole thing could flip into Republican well, but, control. Yeah, but the alternative is to, is to let the economy come crashing down. So we have to be responsible here. Uh, and, uh, and I will say this, Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer agreed uh, on the process that will allow this to come uh, up for a vote, because previously the Republicans were filibustering it, and we needed 60 votes. We don't have 60 votes, but look, American families understand the importance of paying bills, and the government ought to pay the bills that it's accumulated. Okay, done. Uh, let's move on to Build Back Better, the president's uh, spending plan. Uh, you know, some people say that's going to add to runaway inflation. New numbers came out today. We're taping on a Friday. Inflation ticks up again, 30-year, 31-year high. And the CBO says it's not paid for. Uh, in fact, I'm going to read from a USA Today. says it's going to cost a lot more money than they're saying. You say what? Because you voted for that on the House side. Yeah, no, I think it is paid for. I think, you know, one of the things that was not taken into account in, um, in offsetting the costs were the provisions uh, that uh, call for the IRS to collect unpaid taxes from a lot of big corporations. But look, the Build Back Better bill would lower costs um, and it would fight inflation because it is fully paid for yeah, by yeah. making big corporations and the wealthy pay their fair share. And, um, and the other thing is that it will cut taxes for families with children so they'll have more money in their pockets. Um, and it will, you know, do a lot of other things uh, that will make life easier for yeah. a lot of working families in this country. I know what a big corporation is. What's your view of the wealthy? Is it over $400,000? Yeah, I think yeah, I think if you're making over four hundred thousand dollars, you're doing pretty well. Okay. Uh, but but quite frankly, we we, we have a, a tax system in this country where big corporations that are making billions and billions of dollars pay no taxes. Uh, there's something wrong with that, and we need to make sure that people pay their fair share. Look, I have nothing against rich people or big corporations, but I do, I, I do have a problem when they don't pay their fair share in taxes because everybody else has to. Okay. Let me read from USA Today. As written, the Build Back Better Act includes more than two trillion dollars in spending and tax cuts, according to estimates from the independent budget watchdog groups. If all programs were made permanent, they could cost as much as $5 trillion. But listen to this kicker sentence. But that would be for future Congresses to decide. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, you know, I can't, we can't do things that we, we can't uh, pass things that will be there forever and ever and ever. But, you know, when people talk about big spending, you know, why don't they complain about the military budget? I mean, we have, we have the largest military budget of any country in the world. 
um, and uh, and lots of waste, lots of fraud, lots of abuse. And yet, wh where the complaints come come from are when we spend money on people. When we talk about you know a universal uh, uh, free pre-K for three and four year olds, yep. or when we talk about fighting the climate crisis, or we talk about uh, you know uh, child uh, tax cuts. I mean, come on. I mean, the bottom line is we need to invest in people. Yeah. We have underinvested. Uh, we have underinvested in our in our uh, in our citizenry for years. You know, it's time to even out the, the balance here. Okay, let's just go back to what I asked you about. The, who were the rich? And 400,000, you said you're making 400,000, you're doing pretty good. You're absolutely right. It, it's very comfortable. But I once did the math with an accountant. Guy making 400,000 or a family, they're really taking home about 260 after they pay tax. And if you have a mortgage, you're sending people to college. You could see where it's going. They don't consider themselves rich. They consider themselves very lucky. Yeah, I'm, I said they were well off, but I, what I also said is that there are millionaires and billionaires in this country, and there are big corporations that are paying zero in taxes. And I want to know why anybody thinks that that's fair, uh, why anybody uh, thinks that we shouldn't try to uh, remedy that situation. If we, if everybody paid their fair share, including those at the very, very top, you know, we, all these programs that we're talking about are fully paid for. That's what we're trying to do. Uh, this is about fairness. Second district, Congressman Jim McGovern, Democrat, longtime Democrat serving that district, just over northern Rhode Island, all the way up to Worcester and beyond, joins me. Congressman, uh, you recently retweeted a Nancy Pelosi tweet uh, condemning China for its treatment of the weak. Isn't this the year to boycott China in the Olympics, given that most Americans now think the, the, the virus came out of the lab, the trouble we've had with them with spying, ripping off our technology? Isn't this the year to completely boycott the Olympics? Well, I, I, I support boycotting the, the I, I support boycotting the Olympics, but I give the Biden administration credit for announcing a diplomatic boycott. But we should do that because of China's terrible human rights record. Uh, they are engaged in a genocide right now against the Uyghur people. A lot of the clothing that we are wearing, uh, quite frankly, is produced with goods that is as a, as a result of slave labor. So um, yeah, China's human rights record is hor horrific. Um, and um, you know we ought to make it clear that we want no part of it. So you would say, don't send the athletes, don't go at all. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've advocated. Yeah. Uh, that's not going to happen. But uh, I am grateful that there is a, a, at least a diplomatic boycott. Uh, and other countries are following our lead on that. Let's stay in the neighborhood. Let's go to Russia. Uh, acting up on the border with Ukraine. Is Putin going in? And if he does, what do we do? Already the president says boots on the ground are an option. Yeah, look, I, I, I think Putin is, is, is testing us to see what he can get away with. Uh, Putin is nostalgic for the old Soviet empire. Um, but I think uh, President Biden made clear, uh, and many of, our, many of our allies have made clear, that there'll be a strong economic consequence uh, to Russia. Uh, yeah, and Russia's economy is struggling already. So, you know, I think Putin's testing us. I don't think he'll go in. I hope he doesn't go in. I think it would be a, a, a terrible mistake for him to do that. So, in other words, we'll crush your economy and Putin's, he's going to toe the line because we're not going in with boots on the ground. Yeah, I mean, this is this is Putin's strategy to try to divide NATO. Okay. Uh, and um, and I, I don't think he'll succeed. Uh, but, uh, you know, Putin's a bully. And, you know, and I think uh, the president is handling it appropriately at this point. Okay. You mentioned some of those Chinese goods that are stuck on a ship out in the port of Los Angeles, can't get in. This is the president's headache. Commerce Secretary Raimondo's headache. Are they doing enough? 
they're, they're working uh, as hard as they can. I mean, look, the inflation just didn't happen. By the way, uh, you know, we, we, we had, uh, th this is this is a problem that extended to the previous administration as well. Uh, you know, we had a, a shortage in, in goods and services. Uh, we, we saw that very clearly when we had shortages in supplies uh, to deal with COVID. Um, they, the ports are now open 24 hours a day. We're trying to get things in as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, again, if we pass this bill back better plan, uh, that will also help uh, alleviate some of the inflation. Well, you know the former president of Har Harvard, uh, Larry Summers, from a Treasury Secretary. He's been warning you're spending too much. You're going to drive up inflation. I told the Biden administration this. He's a Massachusetts man like you, your neighbor up there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I think the president is moving in the right direction, um, and we need to get these bills passed. We need to help get some money in the pockets of working families, um, and we need to deal with these supply chain issues. And he's working on both of those things. All right. Let's talk about the president a little bit. You know, he takes a beating on his cognitive health. And I just looked at a poll. 48% of Americans, by the way, according to a political poll, uh, believe that there's some concern about the president's cognitive health. I want to be kind. I want to be kind. I saw him yesterday in the rotunda of the Capitol delivering remarks uh, for the uh, remembrance of uh, Senator Dole. I, was uh, there. I think a reasonable person will say the president has slowed down. And I think that's a kind way to put it. You would say what? I mean, I've been with the president uh, on many occasions in the Oval Office, uh, and I assure you uh, that he hasn't slowed down. Uh, and um, if we're going to compare, you know, cognitive abilities, let's compare this president's cognitive abilities with the previous uh, occupant of the White House. So um, give me a break. I mean, look. You know, politics has become, uh, you know, a, a you know, like a, a, a combat sport now, where you know everything is game. We ought to judge presidents based on their policies and based on what they're doing. Uh, and um, you know, all this other stuff is noise and yeah. distracting away from real issues. Well, that's all right. Listen, uh, you went into politics; it's a rough game. But there, there's a point. Mm -hmm. At some point, the, the country's concerned. Forty-eight percent. Uh, are concerned, 46% or not. That's an even split. That's a lot of Americans who you're telling, don't be concerned. Yeah, well, well I, I, I've sat in the Oval Office with the president on many occasions, and I can assure you uh, that, uh, you know, he is um, fully engaged, energetic, and focused on trying to solve the problems that the American people are facing. Well, he has an ally in you. I know you're pressing him to dismiss student loan debt. You're going to get anywhere with that? Doesn't seem like he wants to do that. Uh, well, I, I think, uh, you know, we're, we're still working on it because I think it's an important issue. But, you know, we also have to deal with the Senate. Um, and, um, and uh, you know, we have uh, a 50-50 split there, so we can't afford to lose anybody. But look, uh, student debt is a big problem. Uh, ask anybody who's uh, just graduated from college, ask any, any family in this country who has uh, kids have gone to college. Um, you know, it's something we need to deal with. All right. Congressman uh, Jim McGovern, Democrat in our area, thanks for coming on. It's a good spirited interview, and I wish you the best of health, by the way. Thank you very much. All the best. Be safe. You too. Thank you.